Well, good morning. Boy, it's still in Tim. Boy, I could do this every Sunday, you know. <laughs> Nothing better than seeing people baptized and following Christ. Uh, next Sunday, uh, as we're uh, getting ready here, we're going to do this marriage conference. So next Saturday, um, Dr. Aiken, uh, president of Southeast Seminary, will be here. And so on Saturday morning, want to encourage every husband, every wife, if you're engaged, to come and participate Saturday morning for some good, good biblical training, and you'll have a good time. Uh, if you are um, in, a, in a marriage and your husband won't come, come without him. Right? Just come without him. If she won't come, come without her. And come and, and just Take in what the Lord might want to say to you to help you to be the, a better kind of husband and spouse that you need to be. Uh, and if you are aware of anyone that could benefit from this, invite them. It's, it's going to be good. Then on Sunday morning, he's going to be speaking on parenting, Christian parenting. And also starting next Sunday, most a lot of our adult Sunday school classes are going to start a six-week study called Sacred Marriage. And, and the premise of that study on marriage is God is more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. And he may just be using the marriage and some of the worst that you're going through to teach you more about your relationship with him. So I hope that you'll come and be a part of that. Several weeks ago, in, uh, before uh, this, this next week, um, Mindy and I are dear friends with a couple that we met um, probably close to, I don't know, 35, 37 some years ago, something like that. We were in college and uh, you know, you go away and you form some friendships. And, and there was a young couple, or two, two people there we met. They weren't married, but we met them and um, got to be good friends with them. And I and asked them if they would drive down from Michigan today uh, and come and share their story with us. And so their names are Tim and Cindy Murphy. So make them welcome as they, they come and share with us. This, uh, some of you will be glad I'm not going to preach this morning. Well, this is going to be the message, and so some of you will probably be happy about that. So, amen. All right. As they're coming, uh, they're going to share a story, and the story really is about God and His grace, um, how God worked to first bring you to salvation, and then how through that same grace, um, delivered your marriage, brought you salvation through your through your marriage relationship. So, uh, so before we get started and get into your story, I have so, a few preliminary questions for you. Okay, so just kind of lay the groundwork here. So, uh, um, first, when you were married, um, how long ago? When, what year were you married? 1984. 1984. Now, I think this is a picture, right? This you have a picture of that up there up somewhere. They were young. Pulling that up. So that's, that was them. What year? Yeah. Turn it on. I don't know. Yeah, 1984. March 31st, 1984. 84. See, I and remember. So, yeah. so, uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and we, Mindy and I, the first were friends. So drove, drove up to Michigan. We're there for your ceremony. I think Mindy sang in your, your wedding. That's so, right. Uh, next, tell us about your family today. Uh, I think we have a picture. So tell us about your family today. Let me do this. 
So the guy next to Cindy is their oldest son, Christian, and he is in London studying architecture yeah. now. And then on the far right is uh, their second son, Wesley, and his wife, Cheyenne. And they have a little baby with one on the way. And then that handsome, fun-looking guy is Kelly, and that's the baby. That's our youngest. Yeah. That's the baby. So this is your heritage. This is uh, uh, the, the gifts that, that God has given to you all. Okay. You live in Monroe, Michigan. And what's life like for the two of you in Monroe, Michigan? What, Tim, tell us, what do you do in, Min, in Monroe? So I've, I've worked in uh, mechanical construction for a lot, of, a lot of years. The last 15 at an engineering firm in Maumee, Ohio, which is about 40 minutes away. So if you don't know where Monroe, Michigan is, it's, it's not quite right between Toledo and Detroit. I mean, we're closer to Toledo than Detroit. But Maumee is about 40 minutes away in Ohio, so um, I work at an engineering firm. I've been there for 15 years. I'm a project manager, so I get all the phone calls. And uh, yeah, it, it's a people job, so I really enjoy it. I really yeah. enjoy dealing with people. I don't enjoy dealing with the problems, but I really enjoy You're dealing with people, meeting, meeting a lot of new people. Hobbies? You? Um, I well, I play the guitar still. Okay, we'll um, get there. We do that. Um, we like to hike. We just kind of took that up. Uh, we, we tried to stay fairly active throughout our married life and even before, but uh, we, we kind of took up hiking together here over this last couple years. And yeah. so, oh man, come yeah. on, you're going to show that. Hang on. We'll get we'll get uh, to that. One. Cindy, tell us about you. What, what's life for you like as a mom of three sons and daughter-in-law and married to this guy? What's this like? Uh, it's it's wonderful, and uh, we're still parenting. <laughs> um, Always learning, every day learning. Yeah, we are very involved in our church where we're at. We're called to there, and we get a lot of joy out of that. And we're both musicians, so we express those gifts to the church community that we're called to every opportunity. Uh, we also have the pleasure and honor of uh, being part of leading discipleship at our church and okay. I just finished being a caregiver uh, for over eight years and it was an honor to honor God mm -hmm. and I will apologize now because I just carry the Holy Spirit right here that's why I brought my notes so if you see me looking <laughs> at this um, mm. these are never sense. tears of sorrow these are always tears of joy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm prepared. Yeah. I'm and uh, we're going we're gonna to get to your story about your marriage. We'll get to that picture in just a minute. But uh, you guys met, all of us met in college. You were from Michigan. You were from Charlestown, Indiana? Correct. You're right? Well, I was born in Clarksville, but Charlestown is where it yeah. So, yeah, and I think we got some folks Southern in, Indiana. Southern Indiana. Southern Both Indiana. go off to college, and you meet there. Mm -hmm. Right, and we'll get to that story. But uh, got married, met, got married, moved away, and just just to set set the stage of where we're going, your marriage got in trouble, right? Yes, big trouble. Yes. Yes, and is it is it accurate to say was as bad and broken and messed up and worse as it could be? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. she would say that for sure. I would say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so with that 
being said, if you, I'm going to put you on the spot, both of you, they didn't know I was going to ask them these questions. Uh, when you think about how bad your marriage was and how much despair and pain that you were in and what God is, has done, if you could use some words to describe God, well, how would you describe God? That's easy because uh, I now sign any correspondence or anything I do. Our hope lives. And I know I'm looking out here, and I know, because I grew up in church, and I'll tell you about that, a Southern Baptist church, a wonderful church. But statistics show, and this is going to be our story, but it applies to so many different areas, that at any time, one in every three marriages are in trouble. And we all know that 50%, including the church, they don't make it. This has been a really tough year. So I'm sure that a lot of you have had to deal with things you never imagined and you never asked for those decisions in your life. If I can, that's okay. Sure, sure. And I just love this verse. Um, I wasn't there when they were initially spoken, but they reach out through the years, thousands of years, and they will continue to go on and on. It's when Jesus walked into the synagogue and he was just beginning the most open part of his ministry here, why he was here for us. He opened up the scroll as he had done before and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind. Sorry, folks. This is joy. God gave me this gift. I don't know why. I have prayed for it to go away. <laughs> new eyes for the blind to preach to the prisoners. You are set free. You are set free. I've come to share this message of jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. I wasn't in that room, but the reason I'm here, I will never be ashamed of the power of the gospel in my life. I've had the honor to walk into a situation and live those words out because I'm trying to follow him. And we are here because someone walked into our life and said those words to us over and over and over. Mm. And uh, I, we wouldn't be here. I want to mm. introduce you to those two people. Hold, hold, hold on pastor. to that. Hold, hang on to that. Uh, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. I'm following the spirit, so. All right. <laughs> and I had permission to do this because I couldn't tell this story I'm not, I'm an introvert. I don't know if you can tell that or not. I couldn't tell this story without introducing you to your other pastor, Mindy. And she, I can't tell this story when I'm actually get to be here with them without her because she's such a strong part of the story. You got to come up. 
<laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's all right. I'm, I'm done. That's all right. Uh, well, so I would just follow that to say that, you know, my view of God after all we've been through is healer, redeemer, hope. Hope. There's hope. There's always hope. No matter, no matter what you see, no matter what you're facing, I mean, you're going to hear more about this, but, you know, our, mar lives. our marriage was dead. And, and Christ lives. And, and she's, everything she spoke is, I agree with. But for me, it's just, there's always hope. God, you know, there's hope in Christ. Amen. All right. So let's, let's talk about that. So uh, real briefly, when, were you, when did you accept Christ? Well, I grew up in church, and we both ended up in the same place. But I uh, received Jesus when I was eight years old in vacation Bible school. So, um, I accepted Christ at the first chapel service at Oakland City College in 1980. So, my, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, we, went, we went to church every now and then. My mother always said, when you go to church, the rest of the week goes better. But we didn't go to church a lot. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, we'd go on special occasions. I always knew there was more. And, and uh, just felt one thing I can remember distinctly is, is throughout my my time in high school and in college, every time I was with my friends having, you know, having fun or doing things, not, not bad things, just having a good time, all of a sudden I would just start to feel very lonely, that, that I knew something was missing, there was something else there, I couldn't put my finger on it, so first chapel service at a, at a, at a Baptist college is packed, by the way, first week, and it, I don't even know if there was a seat, if you guys remember, mm -hmm. and, and I did find one, so I'm in the back, and the invitation comes, and every head is bowed and every eye is closed right so i started to make my way up and you know no one came with me there was no i was the only one so i accepted christ that day i, I felt an immediate release um but as i you know as i've shared with both of you quite a bit you know i i wasn't discipled i didn't you know i didn't no one really came alongside and so i didn't i'm not even really sure i I understood what I did, but I know that if I, I believe God and I believe Christ and that he died for me. So, you know, I, if something would have happened to me in that time period, I would have been with him, but I wasn't growing. Mm. But anyway, that's when I accepted Christ, 1980. Okay. So both Christians, you, yeah. no Lord for a long time, new Christian. So how did how the two of you meet? What happened? How did you guys get together? So we, we took a music class together. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I, I played music, I loved it, I wanted to do it for a living, but, but you know, now it was time to go to college and get serious. So uh, I started as a sociology major, which didn't last too long, maybe a week or two. And then, but I, I, I'll, I'll take some music courses, and Cindy was in that class, you know, and when she bopped in the first week, first class, you know, I, I was taken that, you know, she was mature, she seemed to know what she was doing, she had purpose, you know, and, and honestly, I was, you know, I was looking for a mother, so, you know, that's, I, I'm just going to say that I was, so, because I was the youngest in my family, and just kind of like, didn't have a lot of, didn't have a lot of discipline, didn't have a lot of uh, structure, man, Yeah. so uh, this was, this was a woman that was going to do it for me, and I was looking for a relationship. So you so liked, when you saw her, you were, thought she was good looking? Uh, uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What'd you think, what, how'd you, so what was your first impressions of him? It's okay. They've already shown. They've already shown some pictures that I'll never live down. So just say it. Okay. That's fine. He he had a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. She thought I was a pastor's kid. Yeah. 
I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so tell us about your, your journey. So you met each other and start, started getting together, spending time together, yeah? So, yeah, we, we dated for a couple years and just decided, you know, this is just going to take its natural course. Let's just get married. So um, I don't even know if there was a proposal. We just talked about it and said, hey, let's just get married. So uh, we did that in 1984 based on the picture that you showed. And so um, Cindy being from Monroe, Michigan, I was from the Indiana side of the High River, Louisville, Kentucky we decided that we would start our married life in Louisville, Kentucky, because at that time I had decided, went ahead and decided that I was gonna pursue a career in music. That's what I wanted to do, and Louisville, Kentucky was, had a very vibrant local music scene. Um, a lot of bands, a lot of places to play. They were all clubs, but uh, very vibrant. Uh, a lot of musicians, a lot of ways to plug in. So Cindy supported me in that, we moved there, we started our married life there, and then not long after that she got a job teaching music. So you're teaching music to the school system. Love that and music. Love teaching little kids, doing that. And you guys had made the decision that she was gonna kind of really work, focus on the teaching, the career, and you guys agreed to to try Tim to pursue a, a career yeah, full time that, in music. Yeah, that started a little bit later. We moved back '84, got married, and then two years later, I'd worked some odd jobs and you know different things like that, and so. There was an opportunity that opened up to play with a band full time, 52 weeks, 50 to 52 weeks a year, six to seven days a week. So uh, that's what I did. Some travel was involved. So yeah, at that point, two years later, after we first got married, Cindy supported me. In that. And that was the picture. So you want to pull that back up? So this is you in a in a club, right? Actually, Rock that's an out that's an outdoor show. Rock, rocking <laughs> out with your Fender Stratocaster. Yep. 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 And. Now, I had a little bit more hair then. A little more hair. We all did. And, and uh, we're writing music, yes. a lot of your own stuff, yep. sent some demos, and worked, worked, worked in this club scene, and we're, we're in the process of possibly signing with Atlantic Records. Correct. You, you we kinda, got pretty close. Yeah. You, you kind of made it, yep. really, yep. a lot of work. So as all this is going on, what, what was going on in your marriage? Well, uh, so I really loved teaching. I love children enjoying music and being free. And uh, since Tim, once he got into the, the last band he was in, he was gone a lot. And it was, I enjoyed spending hours prepping and being at the school. Uh, sometimes I would leave and go over to wherever they were playing if they were in town, and we'd connect that way but I'm sure you can see where it's all going. And uh, as I have two really bad years in my life, I call them the horrible years. One of those years was 1988. And uh, my principals said, they all loved me, they loved having me at their school, and something happened at one of the schools I was at. And uh, what ended up being told wasn't really what happened at all. So we were growing apart, and I was looking at my job, thinking how I can plug in more to this career and make it move, because what also started happening is that I slowly started making a decision, one step at a time, away from God. 
and my marriage became very important. And finally, we decided Sunday's our only day. So let's just be together on Sunday. Let's spend that day together, be with each other. And eventually, although I believed in God and knew I was a Christian, I thought there were other things I needed to do at that time in my life, which was a lie. So I kept trying to fix this issue at work. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you at work. And the more I tried to fix this issue, the worse it got. And at that point in my life, in my mid-20s, it, it pretty much devastated me. I, I felt all alone. Nothing I was doing was fixing this problem. And I felt, you know, you feel injustice. So then I thought, I'll leave my hands off it. And it just got worse. By the end of that year, everything had been resolved, but I came to a great realization that I didn't really have a marriage. That wasn't my identity. And now I understood your job's not your identity. I know now it's your calling, wherever you are, to bring in the kingdom, to enjoy God. So and so yeah so that's basically that so yeah i worked a night job she's working a day job we're starting to identify with what we do that's our that's our identity and that's who we are yeah so when when things are going good with those things we're up when things are going bad with those things they're bad and and, and so mm -hmm. what had happened cindy at school you know god started to work even though we didn't see it and started to challenged and started to remove some of those things that we were putting our hope in because at that time music when i started playing full-time like that during that time period it was playing music and then after about six months of a lot of frustration and a lot of hard work and a lot of doors being slammed shut too um it, it became a job it really became a job so along with what was going on with cindy at school i started to you know i started to deal with those frustrations by self-medicating so, uh, you know, there's a lot of drinking. I, I never really did drugs, um, but, but drinking was starting to, heavy to pick up. Heavy alcohol yep, in, yep, just in to deal, clubs. Yeah, just to deal with the, just to deal with the frustration and the, and, and the, and the stress and just it, the exhaustion of, 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 you know, playing all the time and, and, and try, striving to make it. And so we really, you know, because, you know, like I said, day shift, night shift, and now we're starting to put our hope in these other things. We, when, when this happened to her, I mean, we really, we, it was the first sign that we realized that we really didn't have anything for each other. I couldn't emotionally support her. There was just nothing left. I was too busy doing my thing, you know, and she was doing her thing. So it, it, that's really when we knew the trouble yeah. was starting. Yeah. yeah. So we made a decision. Yeah. We were going to fix, this was going to be how we were going to fix it. We're going we to have, have a baby. Yeah. Because you know that fixes everything. That'll fix it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll bring a child into this situation. Yeah, great idea. But also, I love the Word of God. And He's already told us what we need to do. It's in His Word. So, if you'll just... Um, this is declining and disintegrating up to Christmas season. And in the first chapter of John, it says that the light came into the world... And the darkness could not overcome it. Now, the world doesn't understand this. Because even as Christians, we're going to walk through things. 
but the light is there and the darkness will not overcome it. Mm -hmm. And in 1988, I believe it was 1988, Mindy and Charlie took a parsonage in a little church called Dover Chapel. I dearly love that church. It's in Louisville, it was, I don't know exactly where it was nearest. And so they came into our, our life. The light came into our life because God was, to me, God was answering prayers. He's outside of time. Mm. He's answering your prayers, even from years ago. Never stop believing when you're praying and wanting to say yes to what he says yes to. Yeah. Can I hear what you said? Yeah. So we meet in college. You get married, Mindy and I move from, go to Louisville, yeah. and then we take a church, and then right. we come back to Louisville, and then you guys were living in Louisville, but right. we had lost contact for right. several years there, yeah. right. which, which, and then you guys are in this position, your, yeah. your marriage is growing apart, yeah. you're in clubs, <laughs> drinking, in identity issues, so what happened? What well, happened then? I wanted to join the Unitarian Church <laughs> because I wanted to keep my choices right but still have God there. Yeah. So and, during the uh, time that Cindy started yeah. to... Oh, wait a minute. You, you can't just throw... Why <laughs> did you... You can't just throw that out there. Why did you want to join a Unitarian church? Because truth was in my life. God was revealing truth in my life. It's not... Tim is not your ultimate truth. Your job is not your ultimate truth. Your truth starts here. Yeah, I think the thing was is that we needed to join a church somewhere. We were just starting to look now. We just mm -hmm. felt like we needed that door you know, and it, yeah. And, yeah, and, with a name on it. I'm glad you yeah. didn't go to the Unitarian. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> so what No else? offense to any recovering Unitarians in here, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what happened then? Well, what happened was you kept reinserting yourselves into our life. And Staying in touch, reaching out. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, Mindy started coming over and exercising with us. I think we're doing Jane Fonda or we something. I don't know what we were doing, but we were it together. dated us again. Yeah. And uh, I just want to share that one time when Mindy left, she said she went out to her car and sat in her car and just cried and said, God, how can two people who loved you so much be so far from you? But it, it happens. And she felt like God said at that time, of course, I know this isn't the only reason. If for no other reason, this is why you're here. Amen. Amen. So, um, so our, you know, we we thought we could fix it with a baby. Cindy lost the baby, so miscarried, and, and so now here's, you know, here's the second, th you know, the, here's the thing that we had tried. We thought was was going to pull us back together, or at least have us refocus. And she lost the baby. She'd been planning. She'd put all her focus into that. And, and now that's gone. So once again, we, we, it just reinforced to both of us how much, how far apart we had grown. Because I, I, I was not emotionally there for her. I, I, didn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I didn't want to deal with it. By that time, in my music career, I just, here, here's the way I, I figured, okay, so if we're not getting to where I think we should go as fast as we should go, I'll pour myself into it more. And it, it started to, it started to, I started to get the thoughts that being married was really just kind of holding me back, right? So again, after, after, after we lost the baby, that just really, once again, reinforced 
how far apart we had grown. And, and so just to, just to tie a bow on this part of it, we, okay, so we're going to try one more thing. We're going to go see a counselor. We're going to go see a counselor. We both agreed maybe let's just try to see a counselor. So we had gotten the name of a counselor at one of the bigger churches in Louisville. This guy was supposed to be, you know, if, he, if he's your counselor, he's going to fix it. It's going to be a good thing. So we went, he talked to us for about an hour, he looked at us both and said, I really have to tell you both, I don't think there's any hope. And, and I need for you both to separate for six months to a year. Don't talk, don't, don't have contact. <laughs> I mean, we were a little bit stunned. I don't know if you wanna share anything about that, but we, we were just kind of, we walked out in the parking lot and I think we kind of almost shook hands. It's like, okay, well, I guess this is it. You know, so we separated and, and, and just really not really knowing what the next day was going to bring. So that, that threw me further into what I was doing. The one thing that I didn't tell the counselor or didn't tell Cindy during that sit session that it, along with everything else I was doing, I was having an affair. So, and then Cindy found out shortly after from one of our friends. Um, I was so messed up during this time period that there were people in you know, fellow musicians and things that were living lives that were, they weren't good lives, but I was so messed up, they were even coming and talking to me, saying, look, you, you're a mess. You gotta stop doing what you're doing. You're treating your wife like this. You got, you know, you, I don't understand you. So, I mean, you know, you gotta be in pretty bad shape when somebody that's in really bad shape comes and says that you're even too Wait. messed up for me, mm. you know? So that really started probably a six or eight month period mm. where, you know, we were separated and then God just really, you know, before you get really there, started you, you had, I think you had made the decision that you were leaving. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And you were going to California. You well, I wasn't going to California. We just, again, the marriage was just, you know, okay. I would go wherever, Nashville, wherever, wherever it would take me. Okay. And that, and that, and that being married, just, that was going to be something that was going to hold me back. Okay. Pretty bad. Yeah. Just, that's the Grief, answer. loss of a child, careers, alcohol, third person dead no feelings emotionally dead i can't help you this is over counselor says there's no hope for you and so what happened well at first i left i went back to michigan and uh i didn't know what else to do i was teaching down in that area and mindy and charlie called and encouraged me not to give up. And after a few weeks, I came back. Yeah, that was New Year's, so, so a few weeks on New Year's Eve, she came back, called me on the phone, said, I'm your wife, you're my husband, we're gonna work this thing out. That's the last thing I wanted to hear. I thought we were done. And you know what, um, and, and what became apparent is that she had completely rededicated her life to Christ. Um, she had, you know, she, I, I'm not sure what exactly the, the, the time frame was for that, but even by that time, it was very apparent because uh, I had met her in the apartment that, we, that she was living in that we once shared on New Year's Eve, I, you know, just to talk it through, and then everything came out. What I was doing, what I was thinking, what I wanted to do, it was devastating. And, and um, so, um, you know, just she she poured herself into into the word she poured herself into in, into christ 
and, and really just rededicated and just received him anew. And it was, it was, it was obvious and it was unnerving. Every time I saw her after that, you know, she wasn't angry. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't uh, accusatory. She treated me really good. I wanted her to start screaming at me every time because we, we still had some things to share with finances and, and you know, so, you know, it, it, it was just really amazing what God had started to do in her life. And so through what God was doing in her life, he started to work on my heart, yeah. you know, so. Why didn't you, why didn't you leave him? Why didn't you, you had, you had biblical grounds for divorce, this is over. Why, why didn't you leave, Cindy? Well, if I can back up really quick, um, I should have shared that. So it's Christmas time, and everything had completely bottomed out for me, and I don't, I'm sure someone in here can identify with bottoming out. And uh, I was ready now to pray. And my first prayer to God I left the apartment we lived in because I didn't want to be there anymore. It's, it's nighttime, and I'm driving around looking at Christmas lights. And you know how holidays can just magnify what's ever going wrong in your life. And this was my first prayer. I looked up at God, and I said, This sucks! <laughs> this sucks! Until I couldn't say it anymore. And uh, I was ready to talk to God. I, I wasn't ready to listen yet, but I was talking to God. So wherever life meets you right now, you don't have to quote a scripture. You don't even have to have an answer or a counselor right now. You just need to talk to God about your life. And he's so eager to talk to you. This is how he answered prayers, because he knew we would need them. So... No, I'll go back to it. So I, I had left. They were encouraging me. I came back. And uh, I tell you what, um, just that, that filling of the Holy Spirit again. There's so much power in the Holy Spirit, no matter what you're walking through. Because really, our story is not just about a totally nuclear bombed marriage. It's about eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive what God wants us all to walk in, and that's abundant life. It, and what great opportunity, I, I'm so grateful for this opportunity, but what great opportunity to come out of this past, I don't know, 18 months, to have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart. You may not get it right, but he promises us that he's greater than our heart. When we come into his presence, our hearts need to be at peace. He's greater than our heart. He just wants us to try to listen and to love. And I know if it hadn't been for your obedience, I wouldn't have those beautiful children. I wouldn't have a blessed inheritance. I wouldn't have this man by my side. But uh, you're hearing such a fast version, and... It, this, this is a 38-year marriage, a 37-year marriage now, and this took a lot of time. We're just trying to run through it so we can, hmm. can get on it. But I would like to ask my dear sister, <laughs> why did you keep reinserting yourself? And tell them what you did. 
<laughs> oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> it, it was a lot. It was a lot. I had two children um, that were, uh, Andrew was probably, what, a year or 15 months Little. old, something like that. Abby, Little enough Abby to was, fight with each other. Yeah, three, <laughs> something like that. But we did, I did encourage you to come to our house, right? Yeah, and you came and got me and yes, did the dishes. I did. Oh, and the wall. I remember. Okay, so I'm remembering that now. Um, but Cindy came back and, and stayed at our house. And um, there was such a feeling of, um, you know, when God asks you to do something, right? And you know it's God. And it doesn't stop. Uh, and I knew that we needed to bring her in because she was at such a place where she was like a little, like a little bird out there floundering around by herself. And she needed to hear words of truth and words of encouragement. And she needed what we had. And so we invited her to come and stay with us. You scooped me up. We did scoop her <laughs> up. Well, and it was mostly Mindy. I, I remember coming in, coming home and Mindy and Cindy were, had their Bibles open and were praying in the Word. And, and I, remember, I remember that a lot. It was all the time, calls during the day, Scripture, just mm. constant, constant trying to feed feed her mind, feed her soul, her heart on the Lord and hope through the word. That's what I remember, you know, with the two of you. Well, and I had her come to my house because going over there at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> with two small children was really not an option. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of did what was easier for me. I, I but think you did that a couple times. I did a couple times, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so. so you were fighting. You're walking with the Lord. What, what, was, what were you doing? So, again, I saw the change in her. You two had, 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 had put your life on hold for us and, and were determined to see our marriage restored. And, and I think more importantly, to see each of us restored to Christ, yeah. right? God began to work on our lives individually, obviously, with Cindy first. And just, again, it was just so overwhelming every time I saw her. It was, I couldn't. I mean, I would walk away, and it would—I I didn't even want to be in the room with her, okay? Because it—because it, it, then I started obviously to understand what I was doing to her. It became—it was becoming crystal clear, and and um, so so just a series of events just started to happen over six months. Just unbelievable supernatural things because people were praying and people were being faithful and people were continuing to put their lives on hold and put themselves aside to come alongside. And, and it, I, I mean, I could tell you a lot of things, but, 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 you know, one thing in particular, on Thursday nights, all of a sudden, I started to call Cindy at like 9 o'clock from wherever I was. I don't know why. We were separated. I didn't love her anymore. All this stuff that I was saying. There was another person. And I would just call her. And she would just pop in my head. And, and then Cindy talked to Mindy about that. And Mindy was like, I wonder why he, it's Tim on the phone. Why is he calling you? All of a sudden, we find out that there's, there's a group that's been praying for our marriage every Thursday at that same time. Kansas City. Kansas City, yep. And then, and, then, and then I was in a club 
maybe three months later in Indianapolis, and somebody just walked up out of the blue and said, you know Jesus loves you, right? And I said, yeah, I know he loves me, almost annoyed, turned around, turned back around, and, and she was gone. So I, I don't <laughs> have no idea what's... So just many, many things, Charlie, and, and, and you guys. So then Cindy, Cindy moved out, and guess who moved in with them? It was my turn, you know, so I moved in. Lived in the basement. Which was worse, you know. Now they got me in there, you know, as, as, as messed up as I am. You know, and, and again, just God, God just really being faithful, God pursuing, God, God just, just running after us, and, and it was just becoming overwhelming for me. And so, so finally, um, one night in, in the apartment that we shared again, after six months, yeah, I was, once again, I was trying to, to self-medicate, Nothing was happening. I felt miserable. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't achieve what I was trying to get done with alcohol and just began to sob and just began to, to cry out and tell God, I am so, so unhappy. I'm so miserable. I've got everything that I was told was going to make me happy. You know, we're making strides. I've got women on the side. I got, I got all these things, and, and I'm, I'm miserable. And so I just, you know, it's how many times have you heard this? I asked God. You know, if, if, if listen, I know I, I want to be happy. Please, please come back into my life. I don't think he ever left, okay? <laughs> but um, it, it really just so grateful and thankful for the prayers of others, for the faithfulness of others uh, to, to, to uh, again, come alongside us, love us no matter what. We weren't, I wasn't a nice guy to be around, okay? Mm. I wasn't a nice guy. And, but, but they... They stuck to it. So we, she called me after six months and said, look, I, I tell you what, I'm going back to Michigan. If we're going to make a go of this, you got to come and get in the car with me. I didn't want to go, didn't want to leave everything, and I did. Walked away. Walked away. Went to Michigan, worked in a, pit, yep. in a paper mill. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't speak the whole way. We didn't speak the whole way up to Michigan. It's a six-hour drive. We didn't speak. Because I just, I was angry, I was mad, and, and but you know what, I, I, I really knew in my heart that if I continued on the path I was on, I knew she'd be fine. I continued on the path I was on. Multiple relationships, multiple divorces, multiple, I mean, who knows where it would have ended up. Yeah. And I want to, I want to, you said something I want to highlight. Emotionally, feelings, you didn't want to be in that marriage. No. No. And for the couple here who's struggling, the feelings, the emotions are not there, but you made a commitment yes. to God. Yes. You made a commitment, I'm going to do this, and, and didn't rely upon your emotions and your feelings. Amen. Yes. And left it all. Here the two of you are, but now both of you are listening for the Lord. That's right. Trying to walk with Christ. Yeah. Right. Because God doesn't want to work on this. He wants to work on this. And I'm so excited for and you to have I'm this. I want to interrupt you because yeah. that's, that's a powerful point. It, the, the, the focus needed to be on your individual relationships with Christ, not on trying to fix the marriage. Amen. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so that's the focus. Amen. If you focus on the marriage without Christ, it's, but 
you both of you begin to focus on Jesus. That was one thing that Cindy said during that time when she started to when she recommitted. She she would t she would say to me, "I don't look. Whatever happens with you and me happens. I've already told you how I feel about you. But Christ is first. He's going to be first. He's always going to be first. That relationship has to be. You have to make that decision before this can ever happen." You know, and we lose sight of it, we lose track of it, we get busy and then we get into other things. We start trying to, you know, we start trying to, to get our self-worth and, and we, we, our, we want our spouse to fix it. They're not equipped. They're not equipped. Only, only God can do that. And so God revealed, revealed that during this time that we were apart, you know, and we were so messed up. He revealed that, that yes, he was working on this and he wanted, he wanted to go back and get this right. Mm. so that we could get this right. Okay. And he began to restore and to heal. Got into church. And I'm fast forward, kind of going to get ready to land a plane now. So you three boys. And this is something they shared with us last night. The boy, their sons, their grown sons had never heard their story. And so they did an interview in their church back in Monroe, Michigan. And the three sons, grown sons who'd never heard all of this, heard it for the first time. And, and I'm going to paraphrase what they were saying. They both went up to them at the end of the service and were thankful that they stayed together. Yes. Yeah. They were thankful. Yeah. Yeah. None of, those three wouldn't have existed. And they, and, but the heritage that, that God began, is, is bringing forth yes. now from oh, you yes. uh, has been all. What would, last words, what would you say? It's what I said at the beginning. There's hope. I mean, I really don't believe we ever stopped loving each other. It was, the marriage was dead. My focus was on other things. It, it's amazing. It's amazing how far off track you can get. You can call yourself a Christian and you can accept Christ and you can get so far off track if you're not diligent and if you're not staying in the word, if you're not staying connected. But I was walking in so many weird ideas and, and I, we've, we've encountered a lot of people, obviously, over the last 37 years, well, particularly after um, God restored our marriage and that we, we came back together, that had the same story, or it's even worse. And I got to tell you, I don't believe any marriage is dead. I don't. God can restore it. I know people that even have divorced that God's worked in their life. It's real, it's powerful, you know, and if, it, if it's not, I don't want to live, mm. okay? Mm. So there's hope, and even beyond marriages, for whatever you're walking through, yeah. there's, there's hope, and God is faithful. He knows what he's doing. Give him time. Ask him for faith to trust him until he's done, and he's, he's done what he's got to do. He's, he, he knew we were going to need these two at some point, and when we met, we never understood that. They moved. I mean, it's just, you've heard the story, okay? God's faithful, and he knew, and he knew what he was doing, and I'm grateful. Amen. Last word, yep. Cindy. Well, first of all, don't have this story, okay? And you have a wonderful opportunity to continue to learn why God designed marriage. God designed marriage. And for us, what changed our life was putting God here and us back here. And now it's a three-way agreement. 
And if you don't have a hunger for God, all you have to do is ask. Lord, give me a hunger. I love that song. Every day, if you had to take a pill every day or you were going to die, you'd take that pill. I need to be filled with God every day and remember and rejoice and listen for what he's trying to say to me for that day alone. And I would say whatever is happening in your life, persevere. This world wants to see people who know how to hang in there. Give God time. He knows so much more than we can't even comprehend everything that he knows. He is working things out. Not the way we design them to be worked out. He's got a much bigger plan and a much bigger love. Hmm. Amen. Mm. Tim, would you do song? Would you? Could we end with you share, leading us in a song? Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Yep. Let's do that. And after we do this, then I wanna I wanna have a share a few things with you, and and I have a, have a I just wanna share a couple things with you before we close. Okay. So. It's been an honor to be here, and really, and we spent time with Mindy and Charlie yesterday, and, and we're just really excited about what God's doing in this church, and what God's doing in this country and in this land, because if we haven't learned anything about this past year and a half, people need the Lord, amen, more than ever, and if it's not us, who's it going to be? So this song is a song by Chris McClarney, and some of you may know it. It's called Hallelujah for the Cross. And, and the cross is where life begins. The cross is where death is defeated and where we learn how to live and, the, and blood was shed. I, we, Cindy and I were just, we were just in awe and just loving these baptisms today, especially amongst the young, so that maybe you can spare yourself our testimony. Amen encourage them come alongside them walk beside them pray for them the enemy's coming okay but because of the cross the enemy's defeated so if you know this song sing it uh if you don't at least the chorus hallelujah thank you jesus i was a prisoner now I'm not with your blood. You bought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. It's very simple. And we're free. 
and I'm grateful. your goodness I wouldn't be desperate without your love slave to the darkness if it wasn't for the cross you have won me with your kindness Chase me down with I was lost. Oh, where would I be if it wasn't for the cross? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner. Now I'm not. With your blood, you bought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. All my shame was met with mercy. Now your mercy will be my song. Oh, the glory, oh, the power of the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner. your blood you bought my freedom hallelujah for the cross by his stripes by his stripes I'm healed by your death I live the power of sin is overcome it is finished it is done
with your blood you bought my freedom hallelujah for the cross let's sing hallelujah thank you jesus yes i was a now I'm not with your blood, but my freedom, hallelujah, for the cross. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. You can respond today however God's spoken to you. But be encouraged. There's hope in the gospel. I cannot believe a counselor, a Christian counselor, would tell anybody there's no hope. No hope. So uh, we have hope in the gospel, right? Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace through believing that you would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. We have hope in Christ.